We are starting a new series of sermons on the book of James. I would like to start with a question. First of all, what does the word life suggest to you? Life or living? And we may disagree on our understanding of life. A person living on a ventilator support or a life support is also living, but that is not the life that we are talking about. That is not the life that Bible talks about. Life is an active, something, an active engagement with our surroundings. Now, we in live, as when we say we are life, on life, in life, a living, or we have life, we mean that person is a, has an active engagement with his or her or its surrounding. You know, you might have seen well-fed, sleepy, lethargic, Dogs, and as they get older and as they fortified more than they, are, they require without any exercise, your dog may turn to be a very lethargic dog, just sleeping always. Sometimes you kick them, they may just roll around and then just sleep again. That's not what life for we mean by that. We don't mean life by that. Say active, it's not a job, lethargic. Life is not actually freewheeling. You know what is free wheeling? Free wheeling, just give you an example, is that uh, you know if you know cycling, you go down the hill without pedaling. You know, you just roll down the hill, and as children, you might have done it, I have done it, and I have also uh, uh, faced these consequences. You know, as you are slowly or fast going down the hill without pedaling, you take your feet out of the pedal put it on the handle and your hands locked behind your head and you really enjoy that. That is not life. Have you done that? Yes. So wear your helmets if you want to try it again. So another point is, it's not just freewheeling. It is navigating skillfully. Life, the Bible teaches about life is that life is living in such a way that we are not free willing, it's not just going where the wind carries us. It is actively, skillfully navigating our lives. You can have well-lived life and a badly lived life. That's right. When it comes to life, you can just free will or you can actively or skillfully navigate through life. Walter, the French philosopher, said something like this. God gave us the gift of life. It is up to us to give ourselves the gift of living well. Let me repeat it again. God gave us the gift of life. It is up to us to give ourselves the gift of living well. My definition of well-lived life and badly-lived life depends on this. God gave us life and said, okay, live it. There's a choice before you. Live it in a useful, fruitful way. And then people can say, and you can also pat yourself on your shoulder and say, 
this is a life well lived. Sometimes you live a life and people around you and then you yourself sometimes will come to this understanding, oh my, spoil my life. I didn't live my life. Then what is a well lived life? A well lived life according to the Bible is a life lived according to the divine design, plan and purpose. A life that is lit, knowing the design, God's design for that life or human life in general and God has a plan for every human life to realize that and to meet that purpose for which that's given. He gave us the gift of life so that we will live our lives according to the divine design and plan and purpose. Um, again, bringing the family to the pulpit. Sorry for that. Recently, my granddaughter celebrated her birthday and she said, Dad, Granddad, Grandpa, I want a car. So we decided to buy her a car. So I went to Amazon.com and I bought a, a rather expensive remote controlled car. The car arrived. But she was just third, three years old, third birthday, and she did not know the difference between a car and a Barbie. Maybe. She was so little, maybe little unwise, maybe growing, maybe because she has a grandfather like me. Um, so, and then last visit I said, Arya, where is your car? The first day, before open, just after opening the car, she separated the remote control or broke some controls and something. The car is now just a broken piece. The car didn't have a good life because it was not allowed to you be used for the purpose for which it was made according to the design and the plan of the creator. Life can end up like that. God gave us life but it is left to us living it, to live it well, now the question that all of us have is, now you say that's fine. If you gave your grandchild, granddaughter, the gift with the manual and she was able to read and understand what the manual said, this accident would not have happened. Right? So the blame is upon me, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Whereas if you say life has to be lived well, if we steer it well, navigate it well, where is the road map? Valid question. The answer to all that is, you know, I mean many people say, if I knew, I would not have done it. If somebody told me that was wrong, I would not have done it. So probably I must have my life because there was no one to guide me in my life. That may be true in many cases. Many cases. So where is the design? Where is the manual? Where is the road map? To live a life well lived. Which can be rightly called a life well lived. The road map and the design, the purpose and everything 
comes from the creator of my life and your life who is also the creator of the universe he the one who created the universe has a greater wisdom and that design that the way he manages the universe and the, the way he has designed the universe and all that is related to it there's a greater wisdom and he his wisdom is there in the bible and that is the manual living according to the the wisdom that is revealed in the word of god so that's why i titled this series of sermon living wisely i will explain further but now let's begin with trying to understand what is wisdom wisdom in the simplest definition of wisdom is knowing how to use your knowledge it is not just knowledge but it is knowing how to use the knowledge that we have a common illustration is not mine in a knowledge is to know that tomato is a fruit if you don't know please understand learn it now tomato is a fruit in botany okay so that is knowledge you learn something today right yeah so tomato is a fruit that is knowledge wisdom is not to put tomato in your fruit salad is it the difference putting knowing tomato is a fruit is knowledge but not putting it in the fruit salad is wisdom this is what we say generally applicable to wisdom but the bible has a fine tuning to this word and this concept though this is generally accepted it is more than that in the bible there are two types of wisdom according to the bible let's turn to 314 to 16 where we see or probably we read from 314 to 18 3:14 to 16 i'll read first that part but you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be false to truth this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly unspiritual demonic for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist there will be disorder and every wild practice there are two types of wisdom 3:14 to 16 James 3 chapter 14 to 16 talks about an earthly human wisdom 3 the next verses 17 to 18 i'm pretty sure that you have read it it talks about a wisdom that come from above a earthly wisdom human wisdom and a heavenly wisdom and the earthly wisdom sub verses 14 to 16 it is evil to the extent that it can be rightly called a demonic wisdom the wisdom which can be called evil 
and demonic. It causes disharmony. People cannot get along with that. There is jealousy, there is envy, and all sort of things. It causes disharmony. And it ends up in self-destruction. It ends up in self-destruction. Look at the sort of things that earthly wisdom produces. It is unspiritual. It is demonic. There is jealousy. There is selfish ambition. And there is disorder. And there is every wild practice. I'm not going into the details of all that. That may be probably another day in another sermon. There's an earthly wisdom that people go for. But however, there's also another side to this reality. And that is what we see in 3.17 to 18. The heavenly wisdom. Look at that. But the, the wisdom from above is pure. Peaceable. It makes peace. It is gentle. It is considerate. Some translations would say. It is open to reason. Full of mercy. Good fruits. Impartial. And sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace. By those who make peace. Heavenly wisdom. Causes or leads to harmony in a community. Heavenly wisdom leads to harmony. Heavenly wisdom leads to peace. Heavenly wisdom establishes justice. Heavenly wisdom stands for equality. Heavenly wisdom does what is right and hates wrong. There are two types of wisdom. Most wise people can make out the difference between fruit salad and tomato. You, the place of tomato in a fruit salad. But most people doesn't know. They end there with a wisdom from below. They don't go beyond that knowledge which makes practical life possible to a higher wisdom which is God's wisdom. That wisdom, that tomato should not be put in the fruit salad that you can get from any cookery class. Living with that wisdom is not going to create peace in the community. It's not going to bring harmony and wholeness and integrity into personal lives. It will go farther beyond that. Now, there are people who are very smart. This wisdom we talk about is not being smart. You know, now we learn how to use our wisdom. I never put my wallet on my back pocket. Now I always carry a bag and make sure that it is always inside that. Never on my in my hip pocket. The reason is that I was pickpocketed once. But that's not enough for me to live. That's smartness. Being street wise, street smart. Live a life according to God's plan and purpose. Need a higher wisdom. There are people who are very good in managing their finance. That is fine. That is wisdom. But we need a wisdom more than that. It's human wisdom. 
There are people who know how to manage their job. You know, they know how to manage their job. They know how to manage their bosses. They know how to, you know, they, know, they say one thing to the boss and another thing to the other colleagues. You know, that beautiful way of managing their job and their positions and uh, all that sort of thing. It is a contrast between living smartly and living godly. It's a huge difference between a godly life and a smart life. Smart life just needs urban wisdom. Godly life needs godly wisdom. Now the book of James says that or it's all about how this divine wisdom impacts changes various aspects of our life. In chapter 1 verses 2 to 18 James tells us that there is a wise, wise way in handling suffering. That will be another sermon. When you go through suffering there is a godly wisdom that we can have to go navigate through our sufferings, human sufferings. In chapter 3 verses 1 to 12 he says that there is a godly way of speaking to each other using our tongue. You can use it very loosely or you can use it with a godly wisdom. In five, chapter 5 verses 1 to 6 he says there is a wise way, godly wise way that you can use your wealth. That's the wisdom we get and that wisdom is far beyond all these wealth managers and your relationship manager of your bank can offer you. 2, 1 to 13, chapter 2 verse 1 to 13 says there's a way of managing our social life, our relationship in the society. There is a godly wisdom. Godly wisdom can guide us also. Finally, the last few verses, chapter 5 verses 13 to 20 says there is an unwise way of praying, there is a wise way of praying. And we'll all go, we'll go through all this in the weeks to come. Now, a valid question. Where is the source of this wisdom? To live a life, to be called, which can be rightly called a well-lived life. Where do we find this life? Where do we find this wisdom? Now, the Bible, if you read Bible carefully, now you can read Bible in various ways. One is you read chapter by chapter, verse by verse. But you can also look at the Bible in the entirety. The whole canon of it. What is he trying to say? One of the things that Bible tried to say is to correct the popular understandings about wisdom. What is wisdom? Bible was written in an age where there were a lot of wise men in the Israel and also all around the world. A common conception is that a person grows wiser as he gets older. All cultures accepted that basic principle. That is, as a person gets older, that person gets 
wiser. If you don't believe, look at me. Now that is the common understanding. But Bible corrects that too. It is not saying it is not true. It is saying it's true. But it says don't limit to it. You know, the book of Job is a rich resource for this. Now there was this book of Job is about five people trying to sort out the one problem. You know, it's an intellectual debate. That is, why do righteous people suffer? No, that's a good question. Good, de good debate. So three people came from the east representing three great centers of learning. Go through the book of Job. It's only 42 chapters. And these people came and sat opposite to their friend Job and they started discussing why do people suffer? So they brought all their specialist knowledge and all the theories about suffering and they started debating. Three circles, three conferences happened. So there are three circles of speeches. One of the young men, he was a junior research fellow or might have failed his net exam. He was also one of the delegates or he was standing nearby. His name is Elihu. And um, when my professor, Professor Chris J.H. Wright, you go to Wikipedia to find out more about him. He, I remember him telling me, telling the class, this man can be called the angry Elihu. He was very angry, upset with all these professors, debating back and forth about the theory of suffering. Theories of suffering. There are three theories and four theories and all that. Finally, Elihu stepped in to the conversation and he said, let's read Job 32, 6 to 8. And Elihu, the son of Barahel, the Busite, answered and said, I am young in years and you are aged, long bearded, with a turban, long clothes like Sadhguru, and therefore I was timid and afraid. To declare my opinion to you. Now, I am nobody. You know. I am a junior guy. Just started with my BA. In suffering. And I haven't read all the, assign, the books assigned to me as well. Therefore I was timid and afraid. To declare my opinion to you. I said. Let the days speak. Let many years teach wisdom. I said, let the senior professor speak and I'll sit back. I will not even make a comment. That's what he said. But finally he was fed up. Really fed up. But he said, look, this is why I kept quiet so far. But I know some other knowledge I have. You know what is that? He said, it is the spirit of man. The breath of the Almighty. That makes him understand. Now I will come back to that later, that second part. That is, in common understanding, the older people will be wiser. The more experience you have, the better persons you will be. But any who corrects that mistake. But, just look around. 
don't think that all senior citizens are wise or living their lives well. You want evidence? Yeah, again I want to say, look at me. So, see they may get senior concession in the railway when you turn 60. But just because you have a railway senior concession discount, that doesn't make that you are living your life well. You may not even know how to travel. It needs a terrific skill to travel in the Indian railways, definitely. The problem is that, that wisdom too. <coughs> they sit on their glasses and they will search for their glasses which is right on their nose. Ask fellow passengers, have you seen my glasses? Ignoring that, forgetting that glasses right there. Just being a senior citizen doesn't mean that you are wise. With due apologies to all the senior citizens and to our three of them in this group. So where is the source of wisdom? Some people thought learning is wisdom. That is what the people, the friends of Job, thought. Because they have spent years studying this one problem. No, Goshen Goldstein. No, he's dead and gone. He's an Israeli scholar. When I was doing my studies, doctor studies, and I read something he said. He said a PhD, a person, especially this woman, who knows more and more on less and less. A specialist is someone who knows more and more on less and less. Blessing, before you, you, you should realize that he's doing a, pursuing a PhD in, in commerce. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, a pediatrician knows everything, sorry, everything about child health, but may not be able to heal or treat a adult common flu. They will refer to somebody else, isn't it? So learning itself doesn't make you wise. So finally, when all these professors finish their discussion, in chapter 42, verse 7, the Yahweh enters and he addresses the three scholars who came from the great centers of learning. And he says, God says in chapter 42, 7, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right. Really, your lecture was good. The paper is presentable. That's great. That's won an award. But, with all your wisdom, you did not understand me. They didn't understand God. You know, in one stroke, 30 plus chapters of the book of Job, God says absolute nonsense. In more than 30 chapters, the three scholars had three cycles of speech after speech, one after another. And poor Job answers them all. 30 plus 30 chapters. And then God comes on the screen. He barges into the conference room. And then he says, you have been spoken with all your wisdom, with all your knowledge, with all your specializations. You couldn't understand me. You haven't spoken right about me. 
your what is right as my servant job as and what did job say job only said one thing i don't know why i am suffering that's all that he said all others have the theory on suffering but job had no theory he said i don't know why i am suffering he insisted on it and god says all this learning is not as made you wise in contrast my observation of life ordinary life i have seen so many people who cannot read and write who live their life well why so many people who are really educated they their life which is very bad i remember one of my professors he was a catholic catechist to start with so he got a job in a catholic college where i study he was a catholic catechist a catholic believer who is also licensed to teach in the congregation he got interested in um, uh, folk art he was a pioneer of folk art research and um, he in order to get entry in temples he converted himself into a hindu at a certain age so that he can go and study temple arts the ritual arts just for academic purpose he started drinking heavily and he will come to class fully drunk and i remember his lectures so many of us about 70 people in the class with two three doors on the side you know where after he has taken attendance we will slip out one by one and and he doesn't realize because he is fully drunk but that man he was really celebrated research uh, a, a, a scholar on folk and temple arts in kerala died at 55 due to complications of alcoholism 55 and his picture is there in kerala sahitya academy hall and they would only celebrated scholars in that hall the hall of fame in the kerala literary academy hall his picture is there and the sad thing is died 55 years old the long life to live this wise man this learned man didn't have the wisdom to navigate his life the way god intended it to be all his knowledge of the bible as a catechist all the creeds recited as a young man was of no use but there are people who cannot read and write i have seen them but they live very well because they have god in their thinking similar as that now coming to where is this wisdom the wisdom that we are talking about a wisdom that builds people that a wisdom that gives meaning to people's lives a wisdom from above where do you find it Job comes to this conclusion. He asks a question in Job 28:12. The book of Job has a question in Job 28:12. But 
But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? And that's a beautiful poem. You should read it. The book of Job goes on to say that it talks about the mining enterprises in the Sinai desert. You know, there is a copper mines, there are gold mines and all that. They make shafts and go inside and they, they find the diamonds and the gold and the silver. And people can go down, so down, far down. And they excavate these precious jewels and precious metal. But Job says, that a human being can find. How deep it is. You read this Job 28 next week. That is that human beings have that, what you can say, enterprise, energy, the technology and the skill to dig the, to the deep inside the earth and dig out precious jewels. And he asked this question, but where shall be wisdom found? It's not found in the deep mines. Where do you find wisdom? Where can you find understanding? And the next words, he answers the same question. He says, God understands the way to it and he knows its place. Only one person knows that the way to wisdom Though we can fathom the deepest sea and we can measure the distance, the most distant stars with our human wisdom, human learning and knowledge, still knowing godly wisdom, the way to godly wisdom that only God knows. That takes us to this reality that Unless God gives us this wisdom, this wisdom can never be found. The godly wisdom. Now, the word of God says again, even in the same chapter, Job 28, 28, and he said to man, the secret of wisdom is simple. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To turn away from evil is understanding. Where is wisdom? Wisdom is with God and he only knows the way to that wisdom. And how do we know? This phrase, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of God, that is wisdom. Now that comes more than six times in one form or other in the Bible. Particularly book of Job, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. In these three books, my count, this idea comes more than six or seven times that the wisdom is the fear of God. It's not shuddering God. It is not afraid of God. It is worshipping God, serving God. The wisdom comes from that. Wisdom is with God. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.24, wisdom is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a wisdom. 124. 1 Corinthians 1.24. He says, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and is the wisdom of God. His earthly ministry was proof of that. That he displayed a wisdom higher than that of the Pharisees, the most pious Pharisees, and the most learned scribes and Sadducees.
in his ministry he outwitted them by his words he outsmarted them by his deeds jesus is the wisdom of god and fear of god is the means of attaining that wisdom now coming back to the first passage that was read today or was supposed to be read today how do we get this wisdom to live our lives the godly wisdom james says the secret he begins with that chapter 1 verse 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god what he is trying to say is that to handle our wealth to handle our sufferings to manage our relationships to pray uh, in a meaningful way and to control, to manage our speech all areas of our life we need wisdom and in the opening part of that uh, epistle he says now this wisdom is available with god you simply need to ask god if anyone doesn't know how to manage their money if anyone there is anyone who doesn't know how to manage their relationships if there is someone who doesn't know how to manage or how to make sense of their suffering and trials and temptations you ask god he is the source of this god the creator of this universe who makes them so move in such a precise manner and manages it in such a way he is the source of he is the wisdom the source of wisdom ask him ask god and uh, the psalmist would say in psalm 37:5 how do we do that living fear of god if fear of god is the beginning of wisdom how do we practically live it out psalm 37:5 says commit your way to the lord trust in him and he will act would it paraphrase this way commit your way to the lord don't take entire control of your life in your hands you may mess up trust him means trust his wisdom don't trust in your own knowledge and wisdom this worked 10 years ago so it should work now don't go make yourself such a foolish person trust him and have confidence that he will act that is how we get this wisdom and use that wisdom it's also a closer walk with god first corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 and because of him you are in christ who became us a wisdom from god he became to us wisdom from god righteousness sanctification and redemption that is living wisely which will lead to a life well lived and let me conclude with this phrase that is a closer walk with god with christ jesus a daily dependence on him committing our ways a moment by moment step by step dependence on him is what makes us live well with godly wisdom
my driving instructor used to tell me every lesson every lesson i took he said even when you are driving in your driveway your own private the road leading to your house never take it for granted drive it as safe you have that you have never driven that road before it is your own driveway but he said there could be objects there could be problems there could be a fallen tree there could be hindrances but even when you are so familiar with life the spiritual lesson is that lead that life go that way do that thing again as if you don't know anything unless god directs ask his advice commit your way to the lord and he will fulfill it trust him i tell students for every question that you have to answer ask god you may say that you know it and you start answering but sometimes you ignore a negative in the question you know for example what are the reason for french revolution you know that question has come many 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 times but this time the examiner tried to ask and twisted the question what are not the reasons for french revolution now it's a very highly hypothetical thing definitely but you know it very you depend on your wisdom because you anticipate this must be the question but you ignore the not and your answer is wrong trust trust every step of it and to take and tap on that wisdom of god let me conclude with a further thought and that is <clears throat> prayer is the best form of thought i have experienced that prayer is the best form of thought you pray for your problems you pray for prayer challenges we pray for the difficulties and as you pray god will clarify your mind you are thinking i have experienced because when we pray god also works in our mind to put new thoughts new clarity to things that you already know makes you aware of the twists that there are twists and turns in the issues prayer is the answer prayer worshiping god the creator of this universe who did all that we see according to his marvelous wisdom trusting that is one secret or the main secret of living wisely <coughs> let's pray